All right, we're on. Oh, we're on? We're starting already. Oh, starting off with the shit bomb. Let's tell go. me, you got to tell the podcast what you are just telling me. Oh, uh, I was pretty much telling the po- or Cody about uh, my mom doing the shred by summer challenge um, and how she was down 14 pounds. Um, and she went from like not working out at all uh, to actually like implementing like walking 45 minutes to an hour each day. Um, so she, she's doing it all. She did, she said the protein was the hardest one to do. Usually for um, females, that's the eating most and yeah. eating a lot of food. Uh, but yeah, she was down 14 pounds. She was texting me today how excited and how proud she was of it. That's cool. So I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, but no, she's pretty pumped up. Well, she kind of like saying, this is the comment I've, I've heard at least a lot from people this is from the past is that like, I don't understand how I could be so full but lose weight kind of deal. Kind of. She, she doesn't, she didn't understand like, like I remember like the first like week or two that she was doing, <clears> she was <throat> like, how am I going to lose weight eating all this food? Mm-hmm. And I was like. It's just, and I kind of like showed her a couple of the videos, like the strawberry video, and then uh, I think there was like a blueberry one too. That like the watched. one I did, yeah, first um, And yeah, I think you did one too. Yeah, almost. I did one. With the blueberries. Um, but anyway, she was saying how like the protein was pretty hard to hit, and then she was like, how am I going to eat so much fruit and vegetables, and like pretty much everything everybody else mm-hmm. was saying, right? Yeah. Um, but she kind of like learned that it was actually like a good food source, right? And mm-hmm. it's not just like some crappy ass stuff that she's putting Bawling in. Volume of food is different. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely think she's going to take something away from it, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Because she, I mean, she obviously hasn't been doing anything. Pretty no, not really. Right? I mean, like, uh, I know like normally like just eating like probably like one meal is was probably like hard for her to do, right? Um, and so like now she's like eating like two, three meals a day, like mm-hmm. snacking. And so it's kind of cool. It's, it's kinda cool to see a mental transformation to it. Oh, for sure. And now she's like pumped up about it and like wants to keep doing it. So I'm yeah. excited to see like where that goes. It was even like kind of a text message Sydney sent us earlier. Oh yeah, that was actually pretty cool too. With the, uh, her coworker, her coworker yeah. that she was saying her parents were on some crazy diet. And basically the background of the story is this girl that Sydney works with is mm-hmm. always going to ask her nutrition questions and diet questions and exercise questions and basically you know city just kind of keeps reiterating a lot of times what we preach and mm-hmm. it's just more like it's more of a lifestyle thing like protein and you know fruits and vegetables stuff like that and and so her parents were trying to get her were they trying to get her they're trying to get her they're telling i think they were telling her about their new diet that they were on and some and, extreme and, diet yeah some extreme crazy diet and pretty much what the her, the daughter pretty much ended up saying was that y'all just need to make a lifestyle change instead of just trying all these crazy yeah, diets, right? For, for a temporary change of exactly. two to four weeks or six weeks, whatever. So I thought that was actually pretty cool to hear too. Also, yeah. I don't know, we're, we're cut. We're like we're stuck in this vicious cycle as a society where I don't, I don't know what it is. I think just like let me talk about this last time on one of the podcasts. Some of this is the last one that we talked about where it's all about you know people with social media right are trying to get eyeballs on them right. So they try to spot out these crazy off the wall diets that seem flashy and cool that it's almost like clickbait it's clickbaity like yeah. you're literally just clickbaiting some diet right? exactly so you're trying to rein in these people to come take eyeballs on you so you get views on instagram or youtube or facebook whatever it may be and you're spouting out this diet that's this crazy off the wall diet that's not sustainable by any means it's not a healthy diet it's just this so temporary the, fix that yeah. you maybe see like 10 pound weight loss in like two in like weeks or something like that months, yeah right? And so people are really drawn to something like that, right? Because that's something new. Like, well, it's not what I'm doing. It's something that I'm not doing, mm-hmm. so to speak. And uh, like what's the magic thing I'm not doing? Yeah, like people just, I don't know, like people are just, it's, it's like one of two things. When somebody sees somebody who's had like a, a physical transformation and like a, a lifestyle change for health and wellness, it's like, I feel like people, you've had this, 
this mindset of they're doing something that I don't know, like a crazy diet, right? like a, like what crazy diet are you doing that makes mm-hmm. you look like that? Or B, well, that person is just genetically gifted and I'll never be that yeah. way, right? So they give themselves automatically that out of, I can't look like that. So, but it's not that my actions matter. It's just I'm genetically modified. Like to I'm look not a certain made to look like that. Right? Yeah. So they automatically give themselves that crutch that they're just, they're just you're just different than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and me and Lacey have had this conversation before. And it's like, well, we kind of are in the way of mindset where I just, my mindset's a lot different than you are in that sense. But physically wise, I'm really no different than you are. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you can't make exactly look the way that I do or vice versa. I might not be able to physically look exactly the way you do. But the, the thing of the matter is that you I control my actions a lot more consistently than you do. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. We're just living that really weird time with people. And, and I mean, I, feel I think like it's only going to get like that. To a degree. Yeah. I feel like, like it's I always feel like these crazy diets. I always feel like they like, they rule social media. Like you're like, you're never really going to see like the shit that works yeah. like on social media. Like it's very hard that I come by a social media post talking about hitting your fast proteins and yeah. like your carbs. It's, right. I don't know, man. It's, it's a, it's a tough time. Sometimes I can get super frustrated with it as a, you know, somebody who's been in the game a little bit, like a good little while now. Um, but that's just the thing that, that sells. And I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if, the answer. If, if it ever will change. Um, I feel like it's only going to get worse from here on out. Um, and I don't know. I think people just have this mindset that it's going to be something of this quick fix that's a temporary, I think people, people just sort of like put a temporary timestamp on everything that comes to health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's a six week thing. It's an eight week thing. It's a, you know, whatever it may be. And it's like, it's never just a, a temporary thing. It's, it's, it's ongoing forever. This is going to go until you, until you go, right? You never <laughs> stop. Like it's a, it's a never stop thing. And, uh, I know like last time we talked about it, like, it's just enjoying what you're doing. So to speak, find a workout regimen that you enjoy find nutrition protocols that you enjoy and do those this really really often and consistently and that's going to get you like such a long ways and i think so many people just look at it as like i need to do something like in the short term and then once i get to the short term goal of just 15 20 that, pounds right? so and now i can just quit and then i just go and i'll just maintain that yeah. forever and that's just not how this shit yeah. works what did you say what's what the percent that people like to lose the weight or whatever oh like put the weight back on yeah. then like uh yeah, so by statistics measures, um, so let's say somebody, you know, loses 30 pounds, mm-hmm. right? And let's say they lose it in a, in a year's time frame. Um, the, the chances of them putting that weight back on, if not more, are... Is it two years? It's, it's 90% within a year. It's okay. n- sorry, it's like 85% in a year. It's 90% within two years and 95% chance within three years. In three years? So the 95% chance that you're going to fail at your diet yeah <laughs> so-called diet um but that's it's but that's a repetitive thing where you see it more often than not where somebody loses some weight they do a really good job just for them to regress and put the weight back on mm-hmm. and usually it has to do with the fact of the matter that you do you're doing things that were unsustainable um and no doubt like there is a point in time where maybe you hit the peak of your fitness and aesthetically the way you look and it's okay to Maybe you, you withdraw some of that to a degree where um, maybe you, you're not as quite as fit as you maybe were at one particular time in your point in time, or maybe you're not quite as lean as you were, but you're still maintaining a very good, well, 
overall fitness of health, right? You're still working out like multiple times a week. You're still being some type of cognitive strength to your health and nutrition, right? You're still eating protein numbers consistently, right? You're you're tracking your nutrition on a pretty regular basis, right? You're eating fruits and vegetables, but maybe you have a little more leniency with, maybe you eat out maybe once or twice a week more often than you did previously. Mm -hmm. You know, think you're living up maybe a little bit more than you would have a a year or two ago. It's a subtle change where you're taking a step back to have a little bit more of a like life balance, so to speak, and and that's okay. But you can't completely just let go of everything. Like give up. Yeah, I think it's where people go to is they go very extreme very quickly. They go from a zero to a hundred, where they go from zero working out to five times to working out a week, and they go very crazy nutritional protocols, and they do very clearly like a lot of big calorie restrictions on themselves, and then you know they see really good progress, and then they can't sustain that and they completely fall off and put mm-hmm. it back on, right? So it's not a, we don't have like a weight loss issue as a nation. We have a, 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 a dieting problem as a, a nation, dieting problem. right? A lot of people look at it as we have a weight, a weight problem. Like we don't have, really have a weight problem. We have more of a dieting pro- problem than anything. Because pretty much anybody you ever talk to is, has lost some type of significant weight in their lifetime as an adult, where most, pretty much anybody has lost somewhere or at least 20 pounds plus at some point in time in their individual somewhere, adult right. life. And so it's the problem is the fact you're not implementing the proper strategies consistently all the time to do that. I know it's not an easy process. I know sometimes I can make it up to be like it's an easy thing. It's it's not. It's definitely not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing, but it's a simple thing. I think yeah. people try to make it more of a complicated, more complex problem than it has to be. It's not that's a complex problem. It's just, it's a, it's not an easy solution, but it's it's a simple solution, mm-hmm. so to speak. And um, you know, it's just I don't, it's it's a tough deal. It's a, it's tough. It's I know it's not it's not easy, especially if it's not the highest thing on your priority list. Um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of responsibilities with work and relationships and um, everything else, but you and if it's not on a high enough value timeline for yourself, then you're never going to make it a priority. Yeah. And you kind of need towards you prioritize yourself too to an extent right well, yeah I mean well like a lot it depends on how you take that that, that sentence right there right because some people can say well I'm prioritizing my life in the way because I want to eat what I want when I want to eat it I want to drink what I want to drink and I want to go do the activities that I want to do when I want to go do them yeah and because me and my mom were having this conversation as well about my uncle you know because he was kind of you know you know when I die is when I die, kind of, mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, and you hear that kind of verbiage, especially people who are a little bit older, you know, like, oh, what's the point of doing all this? I'm just, you know, I'm a, everybody's going to die the same way, one way or the other. And it's not necessarily about always, um, you know, obviously eating, like taking care of your health and, and, and whatnot can can add more years, so mm-hmm. in the way of quantity, but also the quality of those years is what's the biggest so thing. You can, you can actually have like a, pretty solid quality of life. Well, what's the point of living to 80 years old if the last 30 or 40 years you feel like shit and you're decrepit? Yeah. You know, what's the point of living that long? Um, I mean, and to each their own, if if you don't want to do anything physically active and not feel a certain way and you want to eat and drink and smoke and do all the things that you want to do, and that's what brings you fulfillment, I guess, to go at it. But if you, if you're somebody where, you know, I think I think some people use that as an album. Like, unless you've taken some point in time in your life to really know what it feels like to actually take control of your health and want to see how much better you feel throughout your day and how much more happy you could be because of it, you know, it would bring a lot more fulfillment to your life, right? Yeah. A little bit of sacrifice can go a long ways, right? Um, a little bit of self self constraint goes a long ways, and I think to a degree, 
it's, it's always something that's needed that people miss out. I think sometimes as a society, we look at that as something that is a bad thing of having like cognitive restraint and having structure to your life to a degree you can look at it as like, oh, you're, 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 it's too structured of a, a thing. You're not living life that way. I'm like, well, kind of like that Jock was saying, you know, discipline is freedom where the more discipline you can be with your life allows you for other freedoms throughout your day as well. Like kind of like time management where if you can manage your work throughout the day where you do the same amount, like, I mean, how many people go to work in an eight hour day and only really do an hour or two hours worth of work? Yeah. Right. If you could get you all that work done manage and manage that a little bit better. Yeah. If you manage your work balance where you got all that work done within a, a, a two to three hour time frame, you had the rest of your day to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, why would you it's not do that? Changer, it's a game right? changer, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's kind of like you, if you can be disciplined with some X amount of hours in your day, that frees up the rest of your day to do other things you really want to do, right? If you want to go out and play out with your kids or go do, do other stuff, I think sometimes people look at it as like a, a discipline thing as a, like as a bad thing um if anything it, it brings you more fulfillment and more joy by having that no doubt there's a balance there of being too disciplined where everything is so regimented in your life that you have no free will and to do things that you out, want right thing goes wrong right yeah but um but having some some discipline throughout your day and having blocked off times i think brings a lot of uh joy and fulfillment from doing that personally but everybody's a little different on what that is yeah you know um but i know it's kind of a, a weird little tangent we kind of got on randomly kind of, right at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> we were like almost 15 minutes in the podcast and we haven't really well y'all got a little little bonus work right there <laughs> yeah because I, I wouldn't even necessarily plan on talking a whole lot today today's taste podcast will be all about kale yeah so uh i guess we can jump right into it here um I was just because uh, I didn't really, I didn't have anything too planned. So I just kind okay. of off the cuff, and I was like, "Well, let's talk about kill today." So, well, I was going to just talk about you in general. Uh, you know, kind of how you got, you know, kind of lead up to CrossFit, and you know how CrossFit kind of changed you, and, and kind of your mindset behind coaching and, and things like that. You know, so to okay. speak. Um, so, kind of kick it off is well, first off. How old are you, Gail? Let the people know. I am 23 years old. I think a lot of people Yeah, I think a lot of people either that. think I'm like 28, 29, or I'm like 19. So yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely 23. That's the same thing with me. I think like Josh DeVillier the other day asked how old I was. And I told him I was 31. He, he looked at me like I was crazy. Like you were like... He's like, no, he's like, I thought he think he was quite close to 40. You know, that was 31. Well, it's always been kind of... like, looked at you like, what? Yeah, like, I, he's like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I'm like, I'm, you know, I turned 32 in June, so I mean, <laughs> that makes it feel any better. Uh, but Kaylee always looks super young. Because mm-hmm. yeah, everybody, like, Kay, like her students that she teaches in her classroom all think she just graduated college, like, last year. Really? So they all think she's, like, 22, 23. What? Right? They can't believe she has, she has three kids. And so I always look older and she looks younger. So mm-hmm. I'm like, they probably think I got like a 10 year age gap. Age gap, yeah. And so, ever tell you the cop story? I don't, I don't want to drag story. this out too. So <laughs> this was, I know this sounded kind of bad. Uh, she, she got pulled over. I think she was speeding or something like that. This is, we were in probably, I don't know if we were in, both in college at the time or we had just got done with college. We were probably around your age, 23, 24. And the cop pulled her over. I'm in the passenger seat, she's driving. And so he's like getting her information or whatever. He's like, is that your dad in the passenger seat? No. <laughs> like, how old do you think I am? <laughs> like, do you think I'm 50? I mean, she's at least 20 something oh, years man, old. That's, yikes. That's like, nice. good God, man. <laughs> Kaylee does look young. She does look young though. Yeah, like, she's I got... can see like if she was like 22, 23, I could definitely see her looking like 16. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. maybe at the time, I mean, she looked like she'd be like, like high school. Like. And I'm like 30 something at the time, so. 
But anyways, I thought I didn't want to get too far <laughs> off that tangent. So, but anyway, so 23 years old, uh, born and raised here. Born and raised here, yep, yep. Always been around here, pretty much like Big Lake, Lake Charles area for sure. The St. Louis alumni. I went to St. Louis. I started off at OQH. I don't know if y'all know what that Our Lady Queen had in middle school. Um, and then from there, went into St. Louis. Uh, went to St. Louis. Um, from there, went to my niece for a year. Decided, nah, got out of that. What did you start off in? Uh, I started off in HNHP, okay. exercise science. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started off with that. Was the goal um, to be a PT or what was the thing? You know, I, I just said, to be honest, didn't really I, know. I just clicked something that said exercise science and I was okay. like, well, I like working out and I, I kind of like to learn about that stuff. So okay. I think I clicked it. Um, I don't think I went too, too much in depth with it. To be honest, I don't ever think I really knew what I wanted to do. I think I just signed It's up hard at that age to know what you really want to do when you're 18 years old, trying to pick a career for yourself. Like trying to figure out what you want to do at that point. Yeah, in time. I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, how many people actually graduate with the degree they start off in. Like from um, the time you, like you like enter college with this degree and you actually graduate in that degree, I think it's a pretty low number. I think it's like less than 20% actually okay. do that. I think most people, I, mean, I probably switched my major three or four times. Did you? What did you yeah. start off in? Uh, what did I start off in? I, I don't know if it was an HHP or not. Uh, I feel like a lot of people start off in HHP. But I switched probably three times, at least three times, no, for sure. Um, and so in doing so, you'd lose, you lose credit hours, yeah. you know, because... You take what, some classes and then you, you go to this degree. Exactly, and you go to this curriculum, and those classes don't change over, right? So you basically got wasted hours, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough deal. Like, usually some people can maneuver within the same like uh, umbrella, so to speak. So like mm-hmm. say you're in business, right? You go from accounting to marketing or marketing to accounting, right? So your stuff will roll over, you, right? A lot, most, like probably 90% of your stuff rolls over. You might have like a little classes right there. You might lose maybe one semester out of doing that, right? But I end up losing like a year and a half because every time I switched over, I couldn't over. decide what I wanted to do. Okay. But anyways, uh, so did the McNeese thing for a year and decided that wasn't for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, now CrossFit-wise, um, I was pretty much, I think I started CrossFit going into my junior year of high school, is what I want to say. Oh, you started CrossFit that in junior year of high school? Yeah. I didn't realize that. I yeah. didn't realize you were in high school when you started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in high school. Were you still playing football at the time? No, that's why I started. Okay. Um, so I ended up stopped playing football, I think, going into my sophomore year of high school. Um, this is when you tore your hip, your labor? This was like, hip? I never tore my labor, but it was some. I, to be honest, to this day, I still have no idea. But it's your hip, it right? A hip pointer. Okay. Um, and so, pretty much, what it is is like bruises the bone of your hip. Actually, like where the ball and the socket meet. Yeah. Pretty much, like where the ball is touching, that is a whole bruise. So it's pretty much like a big bone bruise. Okay. Um, and so, your boy was on a, a walker for like two weeks, mm-hmm. um, and then crutches. Um, but once that kind of got gone away, um, I got into CrossFit because I wasn't playing football anymore at the time at CrossFit CSE. Yeah. Um, so started there. Um, so this is your junior year. This is my junior year. Yeah. Um, and kind of fell in love with it for sure. Um, I mean, I went from already kind of being in like a competitive space and being mm-hmm. kind of a competitive person to getting into CrossFit, which I was terrible at and using like like awful, terrible at CrossFit when I first started. That was awful. Um, I have some funny stories about that. Uh, I still remember my baseline where I used two green bands to do pull-ups. So, Did you, were you one of those guys like, no, I don't need bands? Oh, for sure. He was like, hey, you're going to need some bands. I was like, no, I don't. No, man. No, I don't need and I literally remember like going to air squats, like getting 10 reps in air squats and being like dead. So if you're listening to this and you're somewhat, because we haven't done baseline as a tester, I don't know how. That's probably good for y'all to know what baseline is. So used to back in the day when you started CrossFit, there was no like, like there was no like come talk to a coach and we can talk. I was like, hey, I'm interested. And we had like a specific time at night that mm-hmm. you would come up to the gym 
and you would do what's called a baseline. So basically, you would just like, hey, you're gonna come in and do a workout, pretty which much. I don't, I don't know what the not, I don't know why that was like the thing. It was pretty much just like a tester workout. It was just like, hey, come do a workout, and we're gonna basically smash you right from the start. Pretty right? much. It was a 500 meter row, 40 air squats, 30 sit ups, 20 push ups, 10 pull ups. And you would basically just do the workout. You're like, hey, how'd you like it? You want to sign up? That is literally that's, it. <laughs> that's basically how it went for the most part. It was just kind of like there was no, a crazy amount of introduction into anything about it. It was just like, hey, come do this workout that at this particular time at nighttime, like 7 o'clock at night on uh-huh. Tuesdays and Thursdays. And come do the baseline. And then if you liked it, come sign up. If you don't, also, then don't no, sign up. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and that's about where the extent of it came from. And uh, But anyways, so how was your first baseline experience? Uh, so – give you some backstory real quick the guy that gave me my baseline uh was my football coach so he was a football coach who was it on uh cory manual Corey Corey <laughs> uh but cory manual pretty much was kind of like our strength and conditioning class football coach okay. at st louis for a little while um and so when i quit football he was pretty much i think i don't know if he coached at CSE or what what he did over there mm-hmm. um but he pretty much was the guy that gave me my baseline over there yeah um and so you can pretty much guess it i mean football coach going into this like same energy same everything like hollering at you finish it as fast as possible right sure. and so i remember getting on there Let sending the my off. life on that row like just sending oh, my life on the man. row right and you get those what about 10 air squats in oh, legs are shaking dude, i can still remember the mon- i mean i was pulling like 130 like like rolling oh. okay? and so i remember i'm getting there and i get to like probably 175 200 meters in and i'm like oh, oh no Right, like my lungs are hurting, my legs are blowing up, and I'm like, "We well, gotta think like in football, you sprint maybe, maybe max at fifty yards. Oh, like, maybe. I mean, if you're sprinting fifty yards, the hardest, hardest you go is like, right? yes, I'm saying like, hardest you go is maybe, you know, somewhere between ten and twenty seconds, mm-hmm. right? So when you're sprinting on a row or you're thirty right. seconds into it now, like you're your like, body's oh, not used yeah. to that, yeah, right. Um, and so I remember getting to the air squats. I, mean, I think I got to like twenty, and my legs are like quivering, right? Um, and so you go to sit ups, and this is the hardest thirty sit ups of your life. <laughs> Um, and so I remember getting the push-ups though. I like very much so remember getting the push-ups and only being able to do like one and two at a time. Oh man. And You're so like, what is happening right I'm now? I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm normally like, like cause of St. Louis, like I was the strongest guy at St. Louis on the football team, mm-hmm. blah, 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 all this stuff. And to come here and I'm like only doing one and two push-ups at a time. Right. Um, and so it was definitely eye opening, but I think that was also kind of like part of it that kind of wanted me to get into it more. Right? Well, backtrack real quickly. We'll come back to that. So what, so what got the initial spark to say, hey, I want to go do CrossFit? Like, what made you? What was the step that got you like started to do? Like, like through the door, I guess. Well, like, what made you even like look up, look it up, or who told you about it? Like, so what I got, kind of followed it. Um, so like, for instance, like I always I had always watched Rich Froning. Like, I, I, like I knew so did you see it on TV or yeah, how did you? So how'd you what was the first time you saw it? Huge YouTube. So you saw it on YouTube um, for sure. Yeah. Okay, and that's how you just kind of got hooked I found from there. It out on YouTube. Um, it kind of started to blow up when I was in high school, YouTube-wise. Okay. Yep. Like, I mean, like, you could see, like, Rich Froning and them, like, putting their photos or videos mm-hmm. up. CrossFit would actually start putting photos or videos out at that yep. point in time. Um, so it was right where it was kind of starting to boom. Um, and so once I figured out about it, I saw, like, obviously you see Rich Froning, this ripped-up guy, just yeah. doing all this kind of crazy stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that kind of made me interested. Um, but uh, specifically, I remember seeing handstand walks. And I, I just like, I was like, I really want to do that. Like, do I really want to do handstand walks. Um, and so I remember just signing up for CrossFit and I remember like every day from there on, like trying to figure out how to walk on my hands. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of what got me into CrossFit, I guess. So like Rich Froning and kind of like that whole like YouTube scene right there. Okay. And so did you know anybody going into CrossFit? 
I was honestly other than football. Uh, I, like, so the only person I really knew that they crossed it was Matt. Matt, uh, Cole. Matt okay. Cole. Yeah. But he was at our gym. Yes, he was at y'all in our hurricane, yeah, right? Hurricane. Um, and so I had knew about Matt Cole just from like word of mouth, like saying that he could, like he was a strong dude in high yeah. school, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and so like I knew of him a little bit. Um, and so when I went to CSE, it was right around the time he was going to the games is when I joined. Okay. And so he would always be at CSE doing like, um, I remember one day he was doing like some kind of news deal where he was like mm-hmm. talking to the news or whatever. But, yeah. Um, and so seeing him get to the games made me kind of like, kind of want to get a little bit farther into it, right? Um, and so that's definitely what got me through the doors, I guess. Okay. And so we'll get done with the baseline. Uh, what was kind of the process when you first started? Like, what are the things that kind of like frustrated you first start off with and like... Like trying to learn and everything? Yeah. Uh, double-unders. It, that was like the last thing I got was double Yeah, double-unders uh, wasn't necessarily like... This is my double-under story. Like, I could always like... First time I picked up rope, I was able to do like five to eight-ish at a time mm-hmm. and just was able to kind of like string five to eight at a time. Um, but I would always be see... You'd look around, obviously, and like you'd see people doing like 50, 75, 100 Super frustrating. Numbers, right? And it's like super frustrating when I'm over here doing sets of fives mm-hmm. and threes and eights. I think the worst is when you finally kind of start getting them. Let's say one day you come here and you're like, you have a good day to get like 20 or 30. Uh-huh. Right? You're like, oh man, I got these now. And then the next day you come in and you can't do five. Well, see, that was the worst part for me is learning double unders is because when you're in that range where you can do like 10 to like 30, mm-hmm. a lot of times three, two, one, go, you send 10 to 30, <laughs> right? Like you do your best first yeah. set right then and there, mm-hmm. three, two, one, go. And then the rest of that 15 minute AMRAP, you're doing singles and doubles and triples, Super right? Super um, And so if you don't plan it out right, I mean, you're, you're kind of screwed. A lot of jump ropes are trunked back in And a lot, I remember a lot of jump ropes. I remember a lot of shin splints, learning jump rope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say double unders for sure, and then ring muscle up. And re- like trying to get a ring muscle yeah, up? Yeah, like, I mean, I remember I worked on ring muscle ups. Probably, that's probably another thing. Every, almost every day, just doing drills. Trying to get drills it. for like probably like two weeks, I want to say, and then finally I was able to get one. Um, People probably hear that are just like, I hate you, Kel. I'm sorry, weeks. but like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I still, oh, I only took I two actually, weeks. I actually still have a video of my first ever Oh, do you story. really? I still I have to see video. that. Um, was it ugly? Uh, dude, I can't, I don't even want to talk about what I looked like my first CrossFit couple <laughs> days, dude. The amount of the just the gear that I had was just... The gear. Like, Man, gear was way more popular when we first started off. Like, it's still a little relevant, but I think probably now we've got to the point in time that it's more gear that's actually a little bit more actually useful, it's right? useful gear. Yeah. And like, back in the day, there was so much shit that you really didn't dude, need. so much. But, man, it, you bought into it, though. Oh, dude, I remember... More gear, the better. Oh, dude, the Waddies. I the had Waddies. Like, the wrist wrap, you're talking, talking, talking yes. about. And people still wear them today. And so if that's your jam and you like that stuff, <laughs> rock and roll, my guy, or deep, girl, whatever. Deep, yeah. deep um, for me, it was not my go-to. I, I, I know now it was not my go-to. Um, but that's definitely kind of what got me into it. Um, and then I want to say I was at CSE for, I don't know, I think like maybe a year, year and a half. Something, not too, okay. too long, right? And so when did you make the transition over here? Uh, what year so, was that? That's probably about 25th. 2017 ish. No, 2017. Um, I knew I was here in 2016, so maybe like late 20, late 2015, like maybe early 2016. Okay. Yeah, I'd say right. somewhere around there. And then, once you start, what was the year you actually started coaching? Like coaching somewhere around there. I would say like 2016, 20. No, 2017. Probably. 2017. You did part time for a good little while. Part time. I think I was part time. Like I think I did on ramp 2016. 
for probably I think like most of that year I think and then I don't think I started coaching classes until 2017 maybe so yeah. maybe like into 2016 and then he came on full time what 2019 2018 I want to say yeah 2018 uh, and so but you'd always been kind of interested in coaching that right oh yeah like I mean I'd always like so like getting into high school I mean I had jo- I had jobs when I was in 8th grade like I've always had jobs so mm-hmm. I've had jobs since I was in 8th grade um I walked dogs around downtown, walked a bunch of dogs downtown, and then from there I ended up getting into coaching. Okay. Um, Where'd you so, take your level one at? Uh, I took my level one in CrossFit Dallas. CrossFit okay, so Dallas. Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we drove pretty good ways over there, had in and out, about to ruin some lives. It's not that great. Um, I don't, like, a lot of people make a big deal about in and out. Uh, like, we'll go eat there, so, like, when we were having to be. Okay. Yeah, when we're, like, somewhere on vacation, right, like, it's just something different. But it's not like I get there, I'm like, man, this is amazing. No, I, and that's, that's a, I could do a whole podcast on just in and out and Whataburger and all that right there. Um, yeah, it's, but it's really, I mean, it's okay. I mean, fast food to a degree is fast food. And that's another thing, is kind of like, like, like Whataburger and all that stuff together to me, yeah. it, it all tastes the same, kind of. Um, yeah. And so it's not like some crazy thing or anything. Yeah, I don't really notice the difference between all the fast food and stuff no. like that. So. You have to excuse Matt Bell and his barbell slamming ball. <laughs> so, Close my door, slamming the barbell. It's a ball football ball. It's a because you don't even invite me on the pod. <laughs> this is some old people, you know. Got no. <laughs> and so he's all pissed off to me, pushing sled 200 meters away. This is an empty sled. I was wondering where he was because I was like, where is Matt? I see Sarah Bell. No, this is an empty sled, so it wasn't a big deal. But, um,. Okay, so yeah, you start off with, with on rank and whatnot. So let me let me ask you this. I know this is kind of an awful question. So I'll see you your level one. Mm-hmm. Because like it's kind of those conversations, at least around affiliate owners, and this might be a little bit off topic that people don't really understand where we're necessarily going with this as much. Uh, but so if you don't know, like for you to own an affiliate with CrossFit, so CrossFit it itself is just an affiliate name, meaning they have no bearing on what you do. You're basically just Purchasing the name, you yeah, you're purchasing the name CrossFit on a yearly basis, right? You pay them a yearly fee to have the CrossFit name on your on your on your brand, basically, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? But they don't really do anything outside of that. They don't provide you any help, support, nothing, right? Like they just you're just basically purchasing the name. Um, and the only really requirement out of it is you have to at least stay up to date with your your level one certification, which is just CrossFit's weekend seminar that you have to go to. You learn the methodology of CrossFit and mm-hmm. how to implement it and things like that, right? And so let me ask this: Like after, t- so from from the time you took your level one to now, like fast forward to this day and age. Jeez. Like, let me ask you: This is a lot of people feel like they can take that level one, also they know everything about CrossFit, mm-hmm. right? Like, how true of a statement do you think that is? From like, oh man, like how much? Like, obviously, when you go take your level one to like actually. Being having like being in the game as long as you have now, like knowing the difference between taking. I mean, there. I'll say this. I mean, it is. I I hate to use this like little phrase, but it is night and day, man. Mm-hmm. Night and day. Um, just. I mean, I remember when I first joined. I mean, you do. I mean, you you finish your level one, and you, you do think you know a good amount. Of you know a lot, right? Of you know, a, you know, you just did a, a whole weekend course. Sure. You feel like you know a lot. Um, but you, in my opinion, I don't really feel like you start to learn things until you actually start to like coach actual people. And that takes um, time, right? Like, and that's, and that's experience, right? Yeah. Um, and so like, I definitely think like just a year of just coaching and like actually seeing people day in and day out and getting to see like how different people move. Cause I think that's the hardest thing is like every single person in every single class moves very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to figure out just 
easy cues. I think that was probably my biggest thing when I first started coaching, um, is figuring out easy cues that people can understand. Because you don't want to throw like the science book at them, right? Yeah. Um, you're pretty much trying to figure out cues that they can catch on the fly in the middle of their workout while the heart rate's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but night and day, man. Um, I mean, I would say like, getting your level one, you're probably like, I'm gonna put you on a number scale. You're at like a three or a four, okay? Mm-hmm. And then like, as you kind of go, I would say like in a year times, you're probably already like a like a six probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say huge, 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 huge difference. What's the difference in, like, let me ask you this. And even just confidence, just being able to actually just walk up to somebody and actually well, having the confidence to correct them and or maybe who Well, how nervous were you the first time you were actually pushed a class? Oh, I mean, nervous. Were you starting? So, so nervous. I, I mean, first of all, if you don't know me, if you only know me from this gym, you probably don't know that if I were to see like 100,000 people the rest of my life, I probably wouldn't have to talk to them and I would be okay. <laughs> um, like I could live on a mountaintop somewhere and never talk or see somebody again yeah, the rest of my life and be okay. Because we've had this conversation before, that's kind of how, like I'm to a degree actually a lot the same way where naturally I'm more a person that's like, I don't really need to talk to a whole lot of mm-hmm. people. Like I'm kind of cool with like just being to myself. Like doing your own little thing. Yeah. Right? I think that's probably why you don't go fishing so much. You just... And so that's another <laughs> thing. Like I know a lot of people ask me to go fishing and if you're somebody here that asks me to go fishing or like wants me to go fishing with you, like that is my time to where like I go alone and yes. I, that is my me time, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's not that I don't want to go fishing with any, but any of y'all. It's, it's a lot of times it's just, that's kind of like what I do to get yeah. up, right? Um, but no, you're not looking to hang up. You're like, I just want to have it like a long time. Exactly, and that's just kind of like my way to do that. Uh, but no, man, um, definitely, I would say confidence also plays like that's a huge key in coaching. Mm-hmm. Also, like, like if you if you don't have the confidence to walk up and like actually correct somebody, um, I think that's that plays a huge role. Confidence go a long ways. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. And even if you're not, maybe you're just super confident. No, don't know. You don't what know the hell you're talking about. Well, you know about, those right? people who can bullshit their way through. Anything. Oh yeah, like, they mean, don't know anything about nothing, but they can just bullshit. If, if you're confident and you're telling me it and you're you're giving it to me, hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. Right? Um, but no, that that's definitely plays a huge role. I would say like getting my level one to like actually like now, like maybe five years. What is? Let me ask you this: Is like compared to when you first started, you took your level one to now. Like, what's one of the biggest things that you thought was like extremely important or that wasn't important that you now find is extremely important or vice versa that's not that important? Uh, I would say, like, are you talking about inside the gym? I, mean, I guess it could be anything, yeah. but I mean, it's your call. Um, man, I would say two things. I would say, one, just move straight up movement quality. Mm-hmm. Just like learning, like, I would rather you move well and slow than move fast and go, like, like mm-hmm. just straight up garbage. Yeah. Um, and then two, man, I don't know. Um, I think CrossFit, CrossFit can teach you a lot. Um, but I think for the most part, like it's taught me just how to be like a better person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's something that this job has like really done for me is like getting to talk to so many types of different people and like personalities to, and seeing all these different personalities and you're trying to figure out how to gel with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I can take away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also probably just being confident actually talking to groups of people. I think that's pretty cool. Also like actually um, talking in front of and being able to talk to a group of people. Cause I think if you take like a, your normal Joe off the street and you say, Hey, come talk to 30, 30, mm-hmm. 40 people at a time. I think that's like a, probably like pre-wreck, probably wreck you up a little bit. Well, I think that's like um, the biggest fear 
is uh, public speaking. Yeah, for sure. And I know for me, in high, like in, even in high school, middle school, elementary school, like if you call on me class. read a sentence in class, yeah. I'm shaking, right? <laughs> uh, like you say, hey, Kale, read paragraph three on page 10. Your boy's like, what page? Did you ever what do one of those things where uh, it used to be like, they used to call it popcorn, I think is what it's called. But they, would, but if they were doing like in lines where like, okay, this person in front of me is reading, you know your next. Oh, no, yeah. You're sitting there practicing oh, your dude. line in the book. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, we used to do that. I, I tell you what sentence to read, what word to read, how many words I had to read. Like, I knew exactly what I was reading. And if there was a word that I didn't know right there, I'm telling you right now, I'm stopping and I'm saying, I don't know this word. I need you to say it right now. Like, I'm not about to be that kid in class that's going to try and say this word five to, different times to, to, to get it right. To, today, oh, no Junior. Chance. I'm like, she's like, hey, repeat the, say the, try to sound it out. I'm like, tell me how to say it first and then I'll say it, right? I'm not about to sound it out. Uh, <laughs> But I would say just being able to speak in a group of class, uh, that's, that was pretty cool for me. How has your, uh, your mindset shifted when it comes to CrossFit in general, like anything in particular? Uh, for sure. I mean, I think when I first started CrossFit, it was just get the time, get to be as fast as you can, finish mm-hmm. it right. Um, I think now it's more of like move well, get your good workout for the day, and if you need to slow down, slow down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all about like getting a good workout and if that means taking something, scaling some things, I think that's all. I'm, I'm all okay with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's probably the biggest change there. Uh, <clears throat> not being afraid to scale something uh, is probably huge. Yeah. I think that's something that people could also probably take a lot from. Yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely guilty of that as well. Or And now, don't get me wrong, like, I mean, I also get in the zone where like, I just like, I throw that out the window, but I try my best to do that. Was well, I think we and it's going to be a podcast on itself that we probably need to do is about you know and not going to be a whole nother podcast. It could be a whole nother, and I don't want to go too crazy into that's probably what we're going to talk about next anyways. Uh, but you know I'm definitely guilty of that as well, especially more of my competitive days and um, and then also I'm trying to think of the, the proper word here is like uh, pushing that onto other people as well, where it was more about um, the score mm-hmm. as it. The more so of, you know, the the quality of the workout itself. Yeah. Um, I think it's a better way of putting it as like, what's the quality of the workout here? Because, you know, there's there's a fine line of you know hearing you know about moving with quality and attention, right, and then going, focusing so hard on that to a degree that obviously the intensity of your workout falls off tremendously with mm-hmm. the intensity factor right there. So that even if you have good movement quality the quality of the actual intent of the workout's not as high, right? Where, um, so it's a little bit of both of like having the proper ingredients, but also knowing how to mix the ingredients is kind of, I guess, a better way to maybe putting it when it comes to your workouts of- You want a good uh, mixture. You want a good mixture of intensity and movement quality, right? Where, and that's that's a balance where that's always, and that's been a little tough conversation before. I'm I'm not saying that that's something you just snap your fingers and do, right? No, it's not an easy conversation. Like it's not an easy, like you said, easy balance to, to, to portray to all the people, but, uh, I think you definitely swing in one direction too much. And I know me and you, like you said, you were guilty of that. I'm also guilty of that uh, back in my competitive days of being very, um, very centered on the, the outcome of, mindset, right? yeah, the outcome of the workout itself, yeah. which, um, so you had, you know, good quality of intensity, but sometimes the movement quality can suffer because of that to mm-hmm. a degree. And that's always been a little bit of a knock on CrossFit is that movement quality. Movement quality. Does it give, give you a little bit of a, of a thing there? And um, you're going to have kind of like that bend but don't break mentality where, you know, as intensity ramps up to a certain point, 
your form might not be as as keen as like when your first few reps when you're completely fresh, but there shouldn't be a crazy deviation from rep yeah. to rep from your first rep to your 50th rep, right? The, the movement quality should be pretty dang close. You shouldn't... You should be able to take a picture of your first and your last rep. And it looks pretty, look pretty damn good, similar, right? right? Now, if you're pushing the intensity high enough, yeah, you're going to hit that point in time and the wheels start to fall off to a degree, but not so much where you completely spill over. Mm-hmm. Where, um, and I think, I think for the most part, people do a pretty good job of wanting to do that sometimes they they fail in doing that well i think that's everybody's intention and then i think three two one go happens and then i think people literally just lose all their marbles and just like throw all their eggs in that one basket right we'll try to hit a certain score exactly. right like uh-huh. i'm trying to beat this particular person or whatever it may be um and like i said i don't want to go too far into detail about that because i don't want to spoil a, this podcast for another mm-hmm. podcast but uh but definitely in the way of uh, the mindset shift for sure especially over the last Couple of years. I would say like the, the last three years, I've had like a huge mind shift from that to that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I got two things, two more things on the docket in my mind that I'm, I'm going to talk about. Kind of shifting gears just real quickly is one is the official comeback. Okay. I know we, started, we did a workout this week in the class. Yeah. We had our shoulder, shoulder yeah, surgeries. I got it started moving. Um, I know you've been kind of somewhat doing some stuff here and there, doing some cardio been, stuff, but I know this week you actually did like a kind of a class workout. I did like a little class workout this week. Um, and so that was cool for me to actually like be able Interact. to interact. It felt nice. Um, Just like your intensity uh, is a lot different. I t- actually, uh, well, I talked to Tyler a little bit the other day too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of, he kind of helped me out a little bit. Um, and he's gave me some things to do with the shoulder stuff. And that's helped a little bit too. Because um, you're beating up on six months on the one shoulder, right? So I. A little over six, or I think I'm seven months out on the left side. Left side. And then I'm about five and a, five or five and a half on my right. So, because I know June is like six, right? Yeah, June will be six for sure. Um, and then from there, I think that was kind of like my staple. I wanted to be six on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then I was going to kind of start like easing into stuff a little bit. Um, so, definitely soon. I don't I don't know an exact answer on that. I can't give you an exact sure. answer on that. Um, but I, I would say like probably within like the next like month or so. Okay. Uh, any competitive aspirations again in the future? Oh, I mean, I'm all, I mean, that'll never leave me. I don't think. Okay. Um, so you're still going to want to I always think like I, I got seeing the progress that I saw. Yeah. In the short amount of time that I did it. Got me fired up. I would say that. Okay. Um, and so like, I definitely have that, that want to do that. So you're um, saying like, 2023 is maybe the comeback year. <laughs> I think that that's probably a better way to look at okay. it, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely like would like to and like get back to what I was doing. Um, like I said, I was having and it, so much fun doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I actually like enjoyed doing it and everything. Um, it's crazy to think that like I actually enjoyed doing all that terrible, awful stuff for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun for me. So I definitely want to do that again. And me and Sydney kind of talk about that a little bit. Uh, but hoping I'll be able to do that. Okay. That's and, my, the hoping to be able All right. To do and then I guess the last and final question here would be, uh, what is like the thing that draws you in the coaching the most? Like what's the thing you love the most about coaching? What do I love the most about coaching? Uh, I mean, my favorite thing is seeing somebody, Shannon's kind of like a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is So my favorite thing in coaching is, is probably seeing somebody kind of like a Shannon who like maybe comes in their first like day or so and you kind of like know like this is definitely something newer for them and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, and you see them move and how they move and then like you fast forward a year later and you get to see somebody like that like now the front squat 130 pounds, right? Um, and so it's cool to see that, but I would say just straight up movement quality 
I think mm -hmm. that's the coolest thing for me to see. Um, seeing somebody walk through the doors, or actually, like Gerald's a, a prime example of mm -hmm. that. Um, somebody who literally can't give you a quarter squat, right? Um, but you get to work with them for months and months and months, and then mm -hmm. finally, now he's squatting all the way full depth, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the coolest thing for me is actually seeing the athletes actually have a change, um, but also like seeing them actually implement it in their life and like mm -hmm. actually seeing them come regularly and kind of kind of actually like get in the juice a little bit yeah um, and so i think that's the fun coolest part for me uh i don't know what yours might be but i think that's definitely mine no i think that i think to a degree like you said like the, the physical transformations of it right like um like some of you like well channel right or i think it's a especially like somebody with her where she didn't really have a whole lot of background leading up to this yeah and in general, it's just somebody seeing like a big mental transformation. And that's, that's cool too. It's like a very, very cool actually thing. seeing them have that switch in their head being like, oh, I, I can do this, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I'm capable of doing this and I can do this. Yeah. Now I'm going to, right? Well, um, it goes from like, I can't, can't, can to... Let's see what I then can do, right? You see that confidence start to slowly build over yeah. a period of time where when they first start, it's, it's a very much as a, as a... And it's one thing you have to learn as a coach as well. Like when you first... When somebody's first starting and they're very, very tentative about doing a lot of anything, anything really, right. like, well, I really don't want to do this and I don't want to do that and I don't want to work out this hard. I don't want to do these things, right? And you have to kind of like talk about that at first and be like, hey, like, no problem. Like, we we can adjust. To, that's we can adjust. That's a huge part about the coaching, right? And like, you, know, you gotta know when. To and at first, you have to be very, very like right? the very like when you first coach is like just more like, hey, I just need you to like keep coming in, like, mm -hmm. and I'll ta ta. For, you know, for now, to, like, to keep you coming back, and I want you to, to keep coming in, right? So we're going to make sure we really adjust things appropriately, right? And and there becomes like a certain point in time, and I feel like it's somewhere around like that. If, they can, if you can get them coming consistently for like a good like 90 days, three months, yeah. and then all of a sudden you kind of, they start kind of like asking you questions, mm -hmm. like, well, what do you think about if I did, can I try, do you think I can try to do this? Do you think about if I do Do you think I can try to do yeah. this? And then when you first get that first inkling of that question, you automatically, like, that light bulb goes, and you're like, like they, so got, they, they right? got it now. Like they're, they're starting to make that mental transformation of like, I want to start pushing myself, so mm -hmm. to speak. And then once that starts happening, it's just contagious. It's and like, a snowball effect. It's a snowball effect, right? And they, 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 and they tackle that one thing, right? And they're like, shit, I, can, I did that. Like, okay. I never thought I could okay. do that. Like, then they tackle another thing, right? And it's just, a, it's just a big snowball effect. And like the mental transformation is... It's always so cool. It kind of gets a goosebumps like thinking about it. It's just, like that's always been my favorite thing as as a coach is seeing somebody come in with you know not really a whole lot of confidence like in working no out, like never really worked out in their life, and very very tentative to start. And when this and like guilty like being a mid of here is like you know as a coach, kind of you're like I'm not sure if this person's gonna make it mm -hmm. like out of out of the thick of the weeds, right? Really, the ninety days is like a thick of the weeds. They can get them out of the ninety days, like they can kind of make that mental transformation. But it's very hard to get somebody to keep coming consistently for ninety days, and so you're like, I don't know if I can get this person through the weeds on the other side to get that mental transformation. And once they get there, it's like, like it's such Heck a yeah. humongous yeah. one because you know from there, it's like, okay, now the light bulb's off. We're gonna really start rolling with things right that and. Um, those are the funnest people to coach. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I mean, no one wants to coach somebody that doesn't want to be coached. I mean, that's that's point blank. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know any coach in this world that wants to coach somebody that does not want to be coached. Like, it's just, this is not, not something that happens. Um, 
but no, that's that's definitely one of the coolest things in CrossFit that I that I can say. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully that was a little background on Kelsey. Maybe she learned some things about him that you didn't maybe know learned before. something, maybe didn't. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you knew all this stuff. So if you're Sydney, sorry, you this is the boring so, podcast Sydney where you saw probably learned something from this. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, yeah, and maybe next podcast here we'll talk about the more in depth about the movement quality and the intensity yeah. and whatnot. And we kind of broke it down a little bit there, but we'll do a whole other podcast on that in itself because I know this conf- talks conversation we've had here with the coaching staff. Um, but. Um, that was episode 21, all about Coach 21? K. 21. 21. All right. 22. All right. Later, guys. Love, boss.